Welcome back to the Workplace Chameleon. My name is Dr. Selena, and it is a honor to have you join us for a little bit more time today. This is episode nine. We're learning some things, we're testing some stuff out, and we're grateful you've chosen to hang out with us for a little while. For me personally, coming out of 2020, being able to think about something new and creative and innovative, a way to stretch my own skills through this podcast experience was a great way for me personally just to kind of push myself in a new direction and think about what else I might be able to offer to support and encourage you every single day as I'm sitting in organizations, sometimes just in a little bit of awe where I get to hear conversations and kind of walk along the journey with and listen to and learn from and offer hopefully some resources and insight to all different types of companies, small, large, across industries, privately held, publicly traded, government, civic organizations. And it is that fascination of being able to just figure out how we do this better. What does this look like? And coming into this podcast experience, just really with an openness to exploring where this goes and hoping that it's helpful to you, that you're doing well as we move into 2021 a little bit further, and maybe where you're struggling, and maybe where some of those parts are that I can help support or encourage you in a new way. And really, that's our topic for this episode is when we're not, when our teams aren't doing very well, when our companies are struggling, when people are scared. And today I really want to talk about the idea of fear at work, fear versus safety. What does fear look like in individuals and teams and companies? How does fear pop up in conversations, in meetings, in projects? And how does it change both our behavior and our potential result? If you consider this, when a team is fearful, when an individual is scared at work, there isn't innovation and collaboration happening. If someone is so focused on their own goals, they're afraid that if they miss one thing, they'll lose their job. That is fear. When we're afraid to tell the truth, yet everybody already knows and no one wants to say it, that's fear. In the research for years, we referred to employees as vulnerable populations because if I answer this, if I fill out this survey question, if I speak up in this meeting, if I tell my boss what I really think, will I still have a job? Because the reality is when employment has such a significant impact on our lives, it puts us at risk of, do I really say what I want to say? Can I speak up? When I join this organization, when I've been here a short time or a long time, how comfortable am I in order to speak truth? You know, a lot of times in organizations, fear can show up as just simply following the rules to avoid blame. 
If there's fear, there's not collaboration. If employees are already feeling defeated, it's hard to get a win. And everybody wants to know that they're part of a winning team. When we exchange 35, 40 plus percent of our adult life for many of us in this exchange for employment, how do we make sure that we create winning teams so people feel like they can belong and drive out fear? Fear-based cultures and organizations that I've seen along the way also can look like when an employee disappears and people whisper, what happened? Why did they leave? What's that look like? And as employers, while we are bound by privacy and confidentiality, the culture itself becomes suspicious. Because if we're not transparent with other kinds of things or building trust in other kinds of ways, those fear-based moments rule the day. Many times in workplaces where fear has taken over, we miss the warmth of people engaging people. We miss the humor. We miss the advocating for each other because we're just stalled or we're stuck in that fear-based place. In 2017, a Gallup study showed that three out of 10 people feel that their opinions count at work. Three out of 10. When you think about opinions accounting, counting at work, it leads us to think about if my opinion counts, I feel free to give it. I feel like I can speak up. But their research showed that by increasing that number to six out of 10 people feel like their opinion counts. As a business, as an organization, we might experience 27% less turnover, 40% reduction in safety incidents, and 12% increase in productivity. So if we as coworkers and leaders understand the importance of creating an environment where fear is driven out and people can perform at higher levels, it gives us an opportunity to think about what could we create? How can we move organizations forward in a way that drives out that fear? Think about this. On a scale from one to five, one being low and five being high, how would you rate your team? You can choose a group of people if you would like, or your entire organization. You can pick the size and scope. Scalable one to five. One is low, five is high. Number one, we help people feel included. Scale to one to five. How included do people feel? How isolated or left out versus... Their input matters. They feel included. They're tapped into for their best strengths. One to five. We help people feel included. Number two, we create a safe to learn environment, meaning people can make mistakes without fear of retribution, that it's safe to learn here. I can challenge myself. I can see something differently. I can offer a suggestion or problem solve something because it's okay for us to learn something new. One to five, one is low, five is high. Number three, we advocate for a safe to contribute culture. 
meaning we get people not only safe to learn, but safe to contribute, to make recommendations, to take the initiative. Again, on a scale of one to five. Number four, our last one, we support a safe to challenge the status quo without feeling embarrassed or marginalized or punished in some way, I can push back and not fear for my job or fear that there will be retaliation. In the last years, we have been working with a concept that was originally identified by William Kahn, and most recently credited to a Harvard professor by the name of Amy Edmondson. And the term is psychological safety. It is a condition in which you feel all of those things I just listed off to you and why you feel them. So if your number was low, think about what you were thinking of. So we help people feel included. We create a safe to learn environment. We advocate for a safe to contribute culture. We support a safe to challenge the status quo. Why did you place your score where you did? Were you thinking about the overall company, a specific team or department? Or were you influenced because a person maybe swayed that one way or another. Maybe they swayed it for good. They help you feel safe. You feel like you can speak up. You feel like you can give them input when needed. Or did they sway you the other way? You're not sure if you should speak up. You don't know them. You don't have a relationship with them or you have experience with them that makes you hesitant to speak up or speak out. This research is directly connected to team performance with a business impact. There are other terms besides psychological safety that shows up in the research, unconditional positive regard, non-physical security needs, attitude of friendliness and cooperation, belongingness. Psychological safety is no less a human need than food or shelter. It is that need for self-preservation in more of a social or emotional sense. So what does this mean for us at work, right? How do we feel safe at work beyond our physical safety, but that we drive out fear and help people feel psychologically safe? So an organization that expects employees to bring their whole self to work has to engage the whole employee. And we know that higher psychological safety will increase the length of employment and will keep top talent. Because if you think of it this way, when any employee, when any of us feel unsafe at work, we don't ask many questions, especially we don't ask the questions that count. We feel uncomfortable owning up to mistakes and placing blame on others. We avoid hard conversations and we don't want to give input. We allow others to dominate the discussion based on their formal authority or their titles. And we don't invite other points of view. We just don't venture out. We don't support each other in the same way. So it's Timothy R. Clark that came out with a book. It's one of my favorites. 
that addresses psychological safety. And he outlines them in four stages. Number one, inclusion safety. The need to be accepted, not ignored. When human beings can't accept, gain acceptance of approval, that they seek then attention that can be destructive. So how do we include people? Stage one. Stage two, learner safety. When the environment belittles, demeans, or harshly corrects people in the learning process, the learner safety is destroyed. We don't feel like we can make a mistake because it puts us at risk. Number three, contributor safety. That as an individual demonstrates competence, right, we typically get more say over our work, more autonomy to contribute. And so can we perform at higher levels because we feel safe to do so, because we felt included, we felt like learners where we could make improvements and now bring our best selves to work. And the fourth stage that he identified is challenge safety, that when we feel safe to innovate and create and challenge status quo, we will do better. I want you to consider for our time today what you can do today, right now, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, sometime this week, to help others feel safe, not only physically, but emotionally. And to that, I want to offer you some of my ideas on an action plan of how we do this as individuals time and time again within the areas that you influence in order to help drive out fear and help people feel safe at work. The first area I want you to consider is modeling it from the inside out. What does that mean? I always will say, start where you can. Start with who you influence. Start with your role. How do you help other people feel safe around you? And how do you begin talking about this? I like to pose some questions for that. What are the relationships I'm putting effort into? Who am I missing? Who's left out? Well, we've done a previous episode specifically on being left out. But consider that. Do I show openness to learning from my mistakes? Am I demonstrating personal accountability for my own actions? Am I willing to accept alternative ideas, perspectives, or solutions? I have to model it from inside me to my outside, whoever that is that I spend time with. I need to recognize those things that I have fear about. But in order for me to drive out my fear, I also need to connect with others to help them feel safe. So I need to be transparent and humble about the value and the need to share these choices, these choices to be safe and help others feel safety. I need to share that with others. Area number two, I need to model it out and around me. In my team, in my department, on my shift, wherever part of the organization you work in and around, are expectations, roles, and responsibilities clear? Always, always, I want us to clarify, what are the expectations? Who does what? 
who's responsible for what. Because when people know we do better, when people know we do better, do we take the time to include others or examine who might feel isolated from the team? How healthy and inclusive are our current processes for resolving conflict or solving problems? Do people feel like they can speak up? How do we include those in the conversations and how does our team talk about them? So where to start? Think about your team and being able to put some of those tough topics on the table. Say, as we go into this spring, as we go into second quarter, as we set goals for 2021, how do we agree to treat each other? How do we understand the way we show up in the hard moments in order to make it safe for each other? In what ways do we build relationships by connecting intentionally and sharing openly? Here's the challenge. If I have you focus only on the areas you influence, that's part of it. But when we get team by team talking about this, noticing it across departments and shifts around the organization, eventually momentum can shift. Based on what your team desires and what results are accepted. So not only do I need to model this from the inside out, I need to watch my own fear, my own anxiety, and where I might be creating that for other people around me, but then I need to model it out and around me by encouraging people to have conversations. So if somebody needs to tell me something, I remain open to it and I encourage them even when the news is hard to hear. We also, third area, need to influence up. I, within the systems that I can control for, me in whatever that team, department, organization look like, what are my platforms and opportunities to model up and share this information? How can I translate this need to drive out fear and create psychological safety as a business case? What are our options for addressing and implementing a plan systemically? I can't do this alone, but I can model it and I can encourage some conversations for helping all of us understand why fear shows up on the job. As an organization, as I influence up, how can I encourage us to communicate and live our purpose, values, and goals more often? Some of those key words that I think about as we influence up our purpose, values, goals, brand, leadership development, transparency, learning culture, systems thinking, momentum shift, communication planning, expectations, accountability. We need to make sure that for people to show up and do their best work, they feel safe to do so. While physical safety is a core component of that, I want you to consider the psychological safety that you're able to not only engage for yourself, but to offer to other people around you. And what might that look like? Because remember, in the absence of information, people make it up. They fill in the blanks and they draw on assumptions. As leaders in our field, we have 
to protect against this. Our armor should be clear expectations, leader accountability, massive, multiple ways, multiple times, invasive and persuasive communication, and transparency. For our organizations to survive going forward and to thrive, we need to make sure we're bringing out the best in other people, that we're tapping great ideas from anywhere, and that we're driving out fear. So people, all of us together in our organizations can win. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Workplace Chameleon. I look forward to talking with you next time. Be well, stay safe.